Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This, this is the Drive and Dish Podcast. Part of the Almighty Baller Network. Welcome to your Kodak moment, my friend. To start it off, it's Kevin Rafuse and Justin Kuzart. Let's go. You know, every once in a while, you just need a reminder that there are lots of good things happening in the world and that people are awesome. And with that, I want to go to Montgomery, Alabama, where a Taco Bell burned down. So obviously a, a natural tragedy right there. <laughs> right. And the dedicated customers of that Taco Bell had a vigil for it. <laughs> and it was like it was like over 100 people showed up. Right. Like it's it impressive. was a full on like candlelight experience. I mean. I, I was moved. I was absolutely moved. I was I was looking at pictures from it. And I was just like, man, you didn't have anything better to do with your night than go. Whoa, and- whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa! Do not, don't you slander these people and ruin this. I'm not, I'm not slandering. I'm just saying, like, literally anything would have been a better use of their time. <laughs> Yo, what did you get mature and grown up? I'm not. I hey, I love me some Taco Bell, but I'm sorry if the one here in Jack's Beach burns down. I'm not going and standing in front of it with a candle and singing dude, whatever I have to sing around the ashes. Like, <laughs> dude, if the Taco Bell in on Bay Meadows in Jacksonville, God forbid, ever burned down, I would absolutely go to a vigil for it. I'd be concerned for their employees only because if they took as long as they do to give you food to get out of that building, they're not going to make it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. The one at Bay Meadows has always been quick, so I'm like low-key kind of uh, ad for them right now. But <laughs> Well, for anybody listening, if you go to Bay Meadows in Jacksonville, try their Taco Bell. They're apparently fast customer service. <laughs> it inspired me. And we know what else that we hope inspires you. The Drive and Dish NBA podcast. Welcome. My name is Kevin Rafuse. Joining me as always, my co-host, Justin Kuzart. Prayers go out for Boogie Cousins, dot, dot, dot. Stay positive through this, man. Uh, I mean, it's tough. I feel like this could be any NBA player ever. I'm going to go with <laughs> LeBron heads. Is this LeBron? <laughs> no, not LeBron. Although, literally, everyone seems to have been tweeting. This one, this one's kind of fitting. It's Gordon Hayward, since they're both going through some injuries oh, now. Both really unfortunate. I- I'm really sad about Boogie, and <laughs> we're going to take a deeper dive into this in a little bit. But, oh, I'm just absolutely devastated. Yeah, Mainly because one, it sucks for him to be going through that. It was non-contact. the The injury actually looked pretty nasty when it when it happened. But on top of that, it's like it's a contract year for him. <laughs> you know, like he's kind of trying to figure out his future. Was he going to stay with the Pelicans? And I'll I'll say if you want to talk about the Pelicans' recent streak, they're like eight and two in the last ten. Freaking 
killing teams. They beat the Rockets the other night. They like were starting to play really well. They're one game back from the uh, Thunder as of recording this. They were making a push. They were really starting to figure it out. Him and him and Anthony Davis were really starting to click, and it just it totally sucks. Like I said, we're gonna take a way deeper dive into that, but there are just so many different reasons. A number of which you just hit on why this is terrible. Yeah, we'll get into we'll get into the cousins injury in just a second. But first, we're gonna get a review. Uh, give someone a shout out for hooking us up with one on iTunes, on uh, Google Play, wherever you're listening in from. We really do appreciate a five star review, or you know, giving us your honest opinion on the show. Yeah, so our international tour of reviews continues. I'm actually sitting down and like going through all the other countries. So this week's review is from Croatia. It's a mm-hmm. five-star review, our first one in Croatia. Um, it's just titled D&D Pod. It's by Anton808, who also has been tweeting us recently. So shout out to him. And uh, this review says, great pod, guys. Thumbs up. I hope you will get this five stars from Croatia because you deserve it. 100 interesting observations. Two of you have good dynamics and conversation. You're not jumping into each other. Prayer emoji, praying hands emoji. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Keep on podcasting. Peace sign emoji. Hashtag NBA is very good. Ah, oh, NBA is very good. I want to ask him, uh, I forget which ball brother it was out in, uh, is it Croatia or Lithuania that they're playing? No, they're, the ball brothers are in Lithuania, bro. Croatia's nowhere near no. Lithuania. <laughs> Justin, your, your geography is breaking my just, heart right now. I'm just talking about foreign basketball as a whole, and that's why I'm lumping <laughs> it in together. Was that a good save? Oh, uh, we'll let it go. No, but the, I forget what happened, but he like dunked the ball or something. He did the you can't see me uh, from Tony Ayo dance. Yeah. <laughs> the announcer goes, oh, gosh, I hope that's not a gang sign. Oh, Jesus Christ. It was so funny. I was like, Jeez, uh, man, this is. Thank you for the review. Justin, Croatia. Dario Sarge is from Croatia, man. You got to know where this is. It's, I just, near, it's, a, it's, it's along it's, the Mediterranean. It's <laughs> over there. <laughs> In the Lithuania end, is by Russia. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's still over there for us. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a second to take a break for our sponsors. When we get back, we'll obviously dive deep into the boogie talk. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the Jason Kidd firing, and we are going to draft our own All-Stars and see if we can make our teams better than LeBron's and Steph's. The Drive and Dish NBA can now be played hands-free. Just say to your Amazon Echo, Play podcast, The Drive and Dish NBA, and you can hear all our episodes. So, you know, we really wanted to start this episode kind of with fun, and we're going to have fun later when we draft our own all-star teams and do about that. But, you know, unfortunately, Friday night, DeMarcus Cousins, non-contact injury. He was chasing after one of his free throws that he missed, and just you could see him go down. He couldn't put any um, weight on the leg at all. It was coming in the final seconds of a win against the Rockets, a super impressive win for the Pelicans. Like Justin told you guys in the intro, they've been charging up the standings, a game back of fifth, a game and a half back of the Timberwolves, even in range of the Spurs. And now instead, DeMarcus Cousins with a torn Achilles, he's now out for the year. Yeah. Uh, could even potentially bleed into next year. We'll see what the rehab looks like, but... I mean, I guess what were your initial thoughts besides the the obvious just devastation that you never want to see a a star like this go out? My first thought, which this sounds so terrible, was, what am I going to do for my fantasy team? Because he's by far been my best player for fantasy this year. And I know that's kind of a selfish plug, but still it's like 
He's been having one hell of a game. Even that game against the Rockets when he went down, I know it was the end of the game, but he he was still 15 points, 13 rebounds, and 11 assists. That's his second triple-double this week. Obviously, his big one being the like massive amount of rebounds and massive amount of points that he scored. But, you know, this year he's averaging close to career highs in rebounds, assists, uh, three-pointers, steals, uh, and also highest plus-minus of his career. I think it's not wrong to say that him and Anthony Davis equally are just as important to the success of the Pelicans. Like, I've been trying to, like, for the past week and a half, I've been trying to find out who's more important. And, like, the advanced stats and all that stuff, for the most part, point to Anthony Davis. But I feel like both of these guys, because of Boogie's, like, passing ability now, it it just, there's so, so much of both of their game is so important to what the Pelicans are doing. Obviously, I think Drew Holiday deserves a nod there as well. He's been playing lights out, but yeah, like you said, one back from the Thunder in the standings, they're 8-2 and two in their last 10 on a four-game win streak. I think only the Thunder have a longer win streak, if I'm if I'm uh, not mistaken, at, at six. So, you know, second longest win streak in the in the league right now, it's just... It sucks to see for the Pelicans specifically, too, because they always go through injuries where it's like they finally were starting to figure it out. They were finally starting to climb up the ranks. Like you said, they're they're passing teams now. They're sixth in the West, and it's just I don't know if this is a death sentence. I think they're still going to make the playoffs, but, you know, it's just it's going to feel empty. Well, and you can see them falling out of the playoffs now. You yeah. know, There's still enough talent on that roster. You obviously have Anthony Davis that they're not just going to roll over and die. I mean, Boogie averaging over 25 points, over 12 rebounds, over five assists. I mean, all-star this year, all-star starter. So important to, you know, what this team has been doing. And it was, you know, we talked about Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, and the Pelicans took this gamble in a league in a where everybody else is going small and had these two supremely talented big men and said, play together, are they going to make it work? And they've just been able to. And like you said, really hitting, you know, their streak right now, really on a roll. It just comes at such an unfortunate time. And unfortunately, as well, as you look at the roster, they just don't really have the flexibility without giving up a first round pick. Yeah. Something that they've done multiple times recently that, you know, you just don't really want to continue to do that. You got to, you know, be drafting somewhere. And, you know, they just don't really have the assets to do that. You know, I've heard people say maybe they could go get a Greg Monroe, for example, from Phoenix. But I just don't know how you do that without giving up a first rounder or because, you know, they don't really have the money with the Sheik and Anika. You're just kind of stuck, unfortunately. Yeah. And and you look at the teams below them right now and the rankings are uh, essentially tied with the Blazers uh, above the Nuggets by two games. And then the Clippers are right behind them. And that's Clippers are in ninth. They're right out of it, but they're starting to click now. They got uh, Tadosic back. Lou Williams is playing snub ball. Like those guys are starting to click too. Don't get me wrong. They're I believe they're seven and three in their last ten. So I could see the Clippers making a push. The Trailblazers obviously are still in it. Nuggets are still in it. They've been making pushes as well. It's just it's it sucks. Like the side no one I guess ever well, maybe people are talking about it, but the side that needs to be brought up is it's a contract year for Boogie. So yeah. now you look at it, but then you look at guys like uh uh D Rose, Wes Matthews, who have had similar injuries, and I I believe Wes Matthews was during a contract year as well. And it just it he re- was it really works against you in terms of getting money. And that's the other thing is do the Pelicans make or try to make a move to bridge the gap for when Boogie comes back next year when he may not come back next year. He may not be on the Pelicans next year. So 
that's the whole other side of it is do you do you make moves that shows Boogie you want him back and then hopefully he comes back and and if he does then great but if you make those moves and then he doesn't come back then you kind of shot yourself in the foot again well and it's tough because now if you're the Pelicans who I think if this continued to roll clearly would and should want Boogie back and I would argue that they still should anyway I agree but at the same time, you know, you would have had how much of the rest of the season, see if they could have had any playoff success, maybe a first round upset, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really taking the time to evaluate this pairing, because at the end of the day, that a little bit of last season, they didn't really get the proper time to click together. And even through the beginning part of this season, they're still very much learning how to play together. It finally seemed like they were playing well together. And had figured it out, but we just now still have such a small sample size. And when you're taking a bet like Boogie, like Boogie's going to get a max contract from somebody, even with the Achilles injury. I know, and that the Achilles injury is a scary one. Yeah, but, you know, you talk- but not to cut you off, you look at it, you know, Achilles injuries, like we've said, they're very dangerous and, and they hold players back or they come back at 70%. I don't know how they, <laughs> they figured that percentage, but that's the one I've been heard throwing around. But you know, you look at the players, Wes Matthews, yeah, he's a big dude, but Boogie is like a big dude. He's a big man, you know, like Wes Matthews was more agile and kind of moved around a lot where Boogie like really needs to be able to plant and he needs to be able to jump. And that's a lot of what the Achilles tendon does, you know? Oh, absolutely. And at the end of the day, you know, you kind of look back as well as some of the other players that have done this and who have had this injury. You know, Elton Brand is another example oh, yeah. where he's probably one of the bigger guys who's in line with Boogie. Obviously not as big as Boogie, but a bigger NBA player who had this injury. And I mean, Elton Brand was still good after it, but the reality is Elton Brand was never the same after that injury. He dealt with a number of injuries, but the Achilles one was really where Brand kind of just only became a good player. He lost a lot of his explosiveness. And, you know, I think that's what you do have to worry about that with Boogie, unfortunately, if you're now signing this long-term max deal. I mean, anytime you sign a player to a max deal, you have to take every factor in And You know, if I'm a team, I, you pro- I would try to do something like the Embiid deal, have a little bit of insurance on it oh, where, yeah. you know, some of the money is guaranteed and a lot of it is. But again, that's a, you know, what is he going to take at the same time? That's, you know, obviously yeah. he's going to bet that he can come back 100%. And it's hard to argue with the contract year he was having. I mean, the uh, numbers were lights out. Uh, it, phenomenal. I mean, you know, I feel like we had talked about the Pelicans the last three episodes or so where I know me specifically was on the Pelican side saying, don't don't trade anybody, don't do anything stupid, keep this together, it's going to work, you just don't have the right shooters around it. And then all of a sudden, Drew Holiday starts playing a little bit better, and look, here we go, you know? You start making it harder for those players to just be down low with Boogie and Anthony Davis, and here we go, it's starting to open up a little bit more. Antoine Moore was, or is shooting great from three, It's it's, you know... It's stuff like that that just really makes the Pelicans come together, and it. Uh, I I'm I feel slighted. I feel like we got a uh, the short end of the straws that we don't get to see this team like just go into the playoffs as is and and see what they can do. Basketball loses. There's no other way mm-hmm. around it. Um, you know, I feel bad for Demarcus Cousins in the sense that this is the first time he was going to make the playoffs. It looked yeah. like. You know, so it's it's just tragic all around. There's no way around it. It is time for who's balling and who's falling on the Drive and Dish podcast. Time for our newest segment, Ballin' and Fallin', where we highlight one player who's uh, killing it this week and one player who's just really not. 
So I'm going to start it off with my ballin'. I'm going with Jamal Murray. Last week, All right. only played two games, but last week he was 28 points per game, 65% field goal percentage, and 54% from three, and that's five three-pointer attempts a game. Also, on top of that, five rebounds and five assists, both wins for the Nuggets. He is seventh on the scorers list for this week. Uh, his season average, just to show you how much better he played this week, he's regularly scoring 16 points, three rebounds, and two assists. So, up in every single category by a lot. And these are the games that Nuggets fans are hoping to see more consistently out of Jamal Murray. You know, he's a big part of that young core. Nuggets fans have playoff expectations this year. They're hanging into that eight spot right now. So, you know, you're hoping you get a lot more of Jamal Murray with, or this type of Jamal Murray, I should say, with consistency Mm -hmm. as we work down the season. Um, Still a lot of potential for that backcourt in general in Denver. You know, we talked about potentially them trading for Kemba, and you could argue that for me, but, you know, I I still think they have a pretty bright future with the rest of that backcourt in general. Yeah, you got to let the young guys vibe it out, too. All right, balling for me. Um, It's not actually a player, so I'm already kind of cheating a little bit in the (laughs) segment, but I'm taking the NBA stance on gambling. You know, one thing we've really praised about with Adam Silver is kind of being ahead of the game on a lot of issues across the board. I think he personally is the best commissioner of the four sports. I think it's not even close, really. Obviously, sports betting is a thing. It's super sketchy and semi-legal in some places. <laughs> and it's a little like there's just a lot of gray areas with sports betting. But it's one of those things that happens all the time. You know, the NBA getting ahead of the curb thinks they want to be involved with it, allowing people to bet on it that who, you know, obviously nobody who works in the league will be allowed to. But you know, allowing that sports betting to kind of come into the light and also the NBA getting ahead of it a little bit as well. We'll get a 1% profit on every single bet placed. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's just a really progressive stance on sports gambling. And, you know, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm not a huge gambling advocate. Like, I think there's got to be limits to it. But I also think you got to let something that's happening just happen. Don't fight change is something I've learned as I've been growing up, at least getting a getting into the media field. Don't fight change. Just kind of go with it because if you fight it, it's it's going to end terribly for you. Uh, I would also say I, I, they're getting ahead of the uh, ref player situation, too. They released a statement on that. They're opening up a communication between that to try to ease that tension, which is good because my buddy was actually saying his friend that he works with coaches these kids. And apparently now these kids, like, I mean, like, you know, 10th, 10th graders and, and ninth graders are getting in these volunteer refs' faces because they call a, a foul on them, and it's because they're seeing the players in the NBA do it. They they take it as a disrespect thing, and it's it's not. It's it's they're just trying to pl- you know call the game, and so even if the NBA is doing it specifically to make their situation better, it's going to have repercussions all the way down because if if younger kids see players respecting the ref's decision it's gonna it's gonna translate for them in the end so that's uh that you know i'm I'm pretty happy with that as well yeah absolutely i mean being an and like nba fouls are already subjective as it is yeah like being an nba ref is so incredibly difficult right and all these things happen so fast you know it's it's a tough job and i I hope it goes it trends in a better direction you know we saw kevin durant the other week too yeah um you know basically gets heat up, thrown out, bark at the refs, and the next day come out and go, you know, I look back and I was being a jerk. Respect between the players and the refs is essential, especially in basketball. So we'll switch it over to Fallen now, and I am picking Isaiah Cannon. 
last week <laughs> in 23 minutes per game, averaging 4.7 points, 21% field goal percentage, 20% from three, and only three rebounds with four assists, which four is, is fine. Um, but it also translated enough that the Suns have now switched to point booker, which I think Suns fans have been calling for for a bit. I'm super stoked for it, mainly, again, for my selfish plug. He's on my fantasy team, so I'm going to need all the production I can get now that now that uh, Boogie is out. So bring on Point Booker. I've watched an unnecessary amount of Isaiah Cannon, as I'm sure <laughs> you have as well. Yeah. Um, when And Isaiah Cannon is what's crazy is significantly better than some of the point guards the Suns were running out there this year. Yeah. But, man, if... if you know, no, no disrespect to Mr. Cannon, but if he's your starting point guard, uh, it's not not an ideal situation. We've been there. We have been there. <laughs> anyway, who's fallen for me this week? I've got the Pistons, uh, losers of six straight, two and eight in their last ten. They are now two and a half games out of a playoff spot, potentially active at the deadline. We'll see what they do. Um, I am anxiously awaiting the Andre Drummond All-Star Snub Tour, which we can get in for a little <laughs> bit. We can keep an eye out for that, but it's going to be a, on him and Tobias Harris a lot. Who Tobias Harris is another one with an All-Star argument, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But... Um, it's going to be a lot on them. We said when Reggie Jackson went down that they could be in trouble because Reggie was playing well and they have been in trouble. And, you know, it just what started as a promising season for the Pistons, unfortunately, because the injuries seems to be going in the wrong direction. Me and Tim were having this conversation where we were joking about how many people care about the all-star list, but probably could give two snish about actually watching the game if that makes sense like so many people care but are you actually gonna watch it anyway like it got to a point where i was then the reason i was talking to tim about this is because his the sun solar panel is the one that tweeted it but they're like we understand that booker doesn't deserve to be on the all-star list but he's being snubbed by not being talked about for being snubbed i'm like so now we're getting down to the snubbed of the snubbed list like this is the come on guys (laughs) do we actually care that much like i feel like it's just about the recognition more than it is about the game I mean, the All-Star game is, I guess it's more intriguing this year because because they pick the teams and they're yeah. going to play and, um, you know, maybe they'll try because they're, you know, the teams are handpicked. So maybe they'll want to beat each other a little more. But I mean, the last couple of years, there's just, yeah, the All-Star game is fun. But like, how many dunks can you do? Right. You only can do so much. And unless I forget who tweeted this, but someone's like, I want Donovan Mitchell to drop down from the rafters as a surprise dunk contest entry. And just like blow everyone's minds, but I don't know, man. I it's just like at some point you can only dunk the ball so many different ways. There has got to be a montage somewhere, or somebody needs to make it of Dennis Smith and of three people of Dennis Smith, Kyle Kuzma, and Donovan Mitchell all driving to the lane and just going for bodies. I mean, trying <laughs> yeah. to dunk on, just trying to yam somebody's soul out of their body. I'm gonna watch it because I'm just I enjoy basketball. But you know, I, it surprised me how many people didn't care and then all of a sudden really cared. It's about the recognition. It's yeah. about your boys getting the honor. 
I also am, I've said this for years though. I think skills contest and all that, like the skills Saturday is so much better than the all-star game. I'd, I'd tend to agree with you there. And I guess with all-star weekend, we should get into the all-star game. Um, we're going to talk snubs a little bit on, but Justin and I are going to draft our teams. Look, we know LeBron and Steph already drafted, but you know, we're going to have our fun and draft as well. But yeah. before we should do that, I guess we would be remiss to say who is on what team. So Justin's got the list. You know, who's, who do we got? I, I think we talked about the ringer curse for the Pistons, Back when I think you dropped an episode, it was like a midweek where we were talking about, man, the the Pistons are legit. And then The Ringer also dropped an article saying, like, is it time to take the Pistons serious? And then they just lost like seven straight and totally made everything uh, uh, like voided out. Well, the yeah, ringer. Shout out to Duncan, but whew. yeah. Well, uh, NBA Reddit has caught on to that, and so now they're titling things "Ringer Curse." Apparently, they uh, predicted who would be on each team, and they picked every single player wrong except for one. So, if you have a chance, go check out the <laughs> ringers' like <laughs> selections that they had. Apparently, apparently, they only got one pick right, which is just phenomenal to me. It's impressive, you, it really is. All right, so on Team Braun, we've got Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, obviously, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins. We'll put a little asterisk next to DeMarcus Cousins. Those are the starters. Uh, for the reserves, they got Bradley Beal, LaMarcus Aldridge, Kevin Love, Russell Westbrook, Victor Oladipo, Chris Stepps, Perzingis, and John Wall. Real quick thoughts. We got the Wizards together, so <laughs> Wall and Beal. Um, also, I was really surprised that LeBron took Kyrie. I was surprised he took Kyrie and Kevin Love. It was like, I was in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, if he doesn't take Kevin Love, it's going to be like such a slight, like it would be phenomenal. Yeah, see, I fully expected him to take Kevin Love, especially with all the heat that Kevin Love's got recently, like protect your boy going to battle with him. But yeah, Kyrie was surprising. Also, you know, Russ and KD on the same team again. Mm -hmm. LeBron looked like he picked for chemistry. Irving, you got Love, you got yourself who were on the team last year. You got got Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, both guys who played against. Together. You got Ola, or you got Oladipo, Westbrook, Durant. All had played on a team together. You know, Wall and Beal. Like chemistry. <laughs> There's so much chemistry yeah. with this. The only one I didn't who even doesn't think of the Oladipo Westbrook angle. Yeah, the only one who doesn't have a teammate on the same team there is LaMarcus Aldridge. And he would have with Kawhi. If Kawhi unfortunately didn't yeah. get hurt, you know, he would have made it. But yeah, so that's he's the only one that doesn't have a team or, or teammate on on Bron's team. I forget, I saw a tweet where they said, Team LeBron is Team I test, and Team Steph is Team Advanced Stats. So <laughs> that transfers over to the Steph team. For Steph's uh, all-star team, you got him, James Harden, DeMar DeRozan, Giannis Adetokounmpo, Joel Embiid. Those are the starters. Then you got reserves, Damian Lillard, Jimmy Butler, Draymond Green, Kyle Lowry, Clay Thompson, Carl Anthony Towns, and Al Horford. So Steph took his boys as well. He's got yep. Clay. He's got Draymond. I'm going to assume Kevin Durant went one to LeBron. Easily. Definitely. I, I know a lot of guesses have come out on who was picked last. That was like an important thing for people. Uh, I'm sorry, but if you think it's anybody other than Al Horford, you're probably wrong. I don't know, man. I think Kevin Love could have been last. Oh, God, but that would be such a slight. Even that would be a slight to Kevin Love from LeBron James. Yeah, but people respect Al Horford, man. It's weird. I know. Like, I don't know why. You know, Al Horford's numbers obviously don't pop off the page, but it, like, the dude's been an all star for a number of years, and the Celtics are good. So I could have seen, I could see, uh, and, and this isn't a slight to Raptors fans, I could have seen Kyle Lowry going last just because if you look at all the guards that were picked, I mean, especially on Steph's team, you got him, Harden. 
uh, you know, DeRozan already. Then you got Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler, Damian Lillard. Like I could see it as just the last pick he took, Kyle Lowry. But real quick, let's hit a couple of snubs. Um, the main ones that have been coming out recently: Lou Williams, Andre Drummond, Chris Paul, mm-hmm. and Paul George. Mm-hmm. Anybody else you think particularly really got snubbed? I mean, I know people were arguing for Ben Simmons, but I think Ben is just, you know, Ben's had too many games where he hasn't done enough this year. Like, he's a rookie. He's going to be an all-star for a long time. It's just, I you, you can tell me that it wasn't this year for Ben Simmons. Yeah, I, I'm kind of cool with the list. I, I know we had talked about it last year, or last episode for starters, but I think everybody that deserved to get in got in. I think the argument against Drummond, yeah, his free throw's gotten better. Yeah, him as a player is looking better but the team record wise has been on a downward spiral so I think that could be used against him uh, Lou Williams too I would say his play is more recent uh, don't get me wrong he's playing phenomenally but you know until uh, who was the last player that went I guess Blake Griffin went down at one point but there was the, there was a certain injury that brought Lou Williams out and that's when he started to shine so it hasn't been like a full season thing for me yeah, Lou Williams also, I think, was a victim of conference. Yeah. Um, if he was in the East, you could have argued him, honestly, for me, over Lowry or Wall. Yeah. Um, especially because Wall's missed some time. Chris Paul, I think, was a victim of injury. Um, Andre Drummond, I think, is a victim of the Pistons just kind of going downhill after the hot start. Yep. Um, I think eyes maybe haven't been on him. I'm trying to think who is the other one. Paul George is still is a bit surprising as well. You you could definitely argue that Paul George is in there because a lot. But the problem with Paul George, or, or not the problem necessarily, but a lot of what he does is just kind of unheralded. You know, the defensive play isn't that. Um, you know, it doesn't pop out on paper or anything like that. Yeah. So you know, but I I understand the Paul George argument as well. But I think it's another situation where he could be victim of conference. And honestly, Paul George with the Demarcus Cousins injury. Um, don't know if they'll put another forward or a center there or how exactly they're going to work that out. But, you know, you very, Paul George could very well be in it. All right, so let's get into the fun part of this where we're going to draft our five starters and our eight reserves from this list, obviously, and see what teams we come up with. And then we'll ask you guys to let us know on social media. We'll post the picture as well of uh, whose team you think is better. I feel like we should flip a coin or like do, do rock, paper, coin? scissors, shoot. Or something. We're on video, so we should do rock, paper, scissors, shoot. <laughs> All right, ready? Nobody's going to see this, yeah. but it's kind of intense. Can you All see right. me? Yep, yep, yep. Rock, right. paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, we both want right, scissors. Again. All right, this is, this is a disaster. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. All right. All right. You, Kevin went paper. I went rock. All right, you get the, uh, you get, you get the nod. Who are you taking first? All right, with the first overall pick in our mock all-star draft. I'm going with the king himself, Mr. LeBron James. He's just, he's the greatest player arguably of all time. You know, you just, if I get the situation of I'm picking all-stars, I'm taking the best player in the league first every time. All right. So uh, hold on. Let me mark this so that I don't mess this up here. Uh, If I'm going first, I feel like, I feel like I'm going to have to go starter as well with Steph Curry so that we have even teams in terms of captains. Uh, so I'll go Curry. That does kind of fit as well. I mean, Plus it kind got- of seems fitting. And, and and he's having a great year. It's just, you know, I almost want to go, because it, it's going to suck now, because you're going to get LeBron's team, because you're going to get uh, uh, Kevin Durant. Don't tell me who I'm going to pick. <laughs> oh, I know who you're going to pick. 
<laughs> you don't want to snake draft it? Should we snake draft it? Should we? Yeah, we'll snake draft because I, I, I'm going to take Durant, obviously. So yeah, all right. Well, so then, so then we'll snake draft it. So we pick twice and we'll go back and forth. So I'm going to take Durant then. You got the Warriors connection. Yeah, I mean KD to me again. He's the second best player in the league. Obviously, has I almost I would have went I would have went him over uh, Steph, but I felt like people would get upset with that, and and I figured Curry was the was the captain <laughs> anyway. So. If I'm going with raw talent, I would take um, Durant over Steph still. Like, my top, I guess I've never really, have we ever really said this on the podcast? My current, like, top five hierarchy of NBA players is LeBron is one. KD is a really close two. Like, I mean, he's like 1A, essentially. Like, I think those two are better than everyone. And then three through five, I don't really have them in any definitive order, but it's Steph, Harden, and Russ to me. Yeah, and, it's, and then, it bounces around year to year, it feels like. Oh, of course. I yeah. mean, you know, I think Giannis has the potential to get there. I think Anthony Davis is right on the doorstep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Embiid has the potential to get there. Um, you know, there's so many guys like that. I mean, even there are people ball out on different years. And, you know, Carl Anthony Towns still has that potential for Singus even as well. But um, all right. Uh, I guess I should stop talking and take my picks. So <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Giannis. Number two, the Greek freak um, pay homage to the season that he's been having so far. And uh, I'm going to be a homer and take Embiid three. Just right. like I got to be a homer here. I'm trying to keep we were, up with the we teams. We were right, Justin, by the way. Oh, we were right. I think if I'm getting the pick, I'm obviously going Anthony Davis. Who am I going to take? Who am I going to take? I'm going James Harden. That's cool. Oh, man. Yeah. Part of it. Man, maybe I should take it Harden. <laughs> I need shooting. <laughs> Who's, I guess finish out your starters then. I am going to take, man. Oh, man. I wish Harden was on the board still. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take Kyrie Irving. Irving. I'm going to also reunite the uh, no-love-lost duo of him and LeBron. <laughs> they know how to play together. Kyrie's a great shooter. And let's see. I need another guard. You know what? I'm going to go all in on shooting. Uh, no, yo, wait a minute. No, I'm taking Russ. Oh, I'm, I'm, I was I'm hoping you would taking see Russ. Was, well, I'm not going to lie. I almost lo- Russell Westbrook was last on this list alphabetically. I was lost in there. You can't oh. go with Russ. This is a no-brainer for me. Play Kyrie off ball. I was so pumped to be able to grab Westbrook if you missed him. <laughs> I was getting it roasted on Facebook. Oh, dude. They were going to think I was drunk when I was doing this. They would have went off on you. So, all right. So, what do I have to pick? I have to pick one more starter and then my first reserve. I'm going to go... Oh, well, I got James Harden. I got Curry. Ooh, Draymond. So, you'd essentially take the boogie spot. Yeah, I think he's going to take my boogie spot uh, right there. So, then my first reserve, I'm going to go... Let's go DeMar. Raptors balling out. The yep. Rap- or the Raptors going to beat the Cavs. Dude, I... I kind of hope so, and that sounds really bad, but I kind of hope so. And it, it would just feel like they finally—it would finally feel like everything for them's justified, you know? Oh yeah, we, we talked about it a couple episodes yeah. ago. I think the Raptors are way more exciting this year than they've been, yeah, like ever. All right, so who's your sixth and seventh pick? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna take Damian Lillard, and I'm gonna take Przingis. I'm telling you, man, I mean, I'm, running, I, I'm pissed if he like because he keeps complaining about how he's tired. If he is tired, you better not play in this game. That is that the narrative now that Chris Stapps for Zingas is tired all the time. I don't know. I mean, I haven't let it go. <laughs> so at least. Well, the other the other night, I forget who they were playing. I'm blanking. Um, oh, they're playing Denver. Porzingis had like five fouls like through the really? mid third quarter. And I was like, man, if he's looking for a rest, that's a. That's a great a, way to do it. That's a quick way to get there for sure. All right, so if I'm picking seven and eight on my team for reserves, I'm going Jimmy Butler. Oh yeah, Jimmy Butler probably went too late here. Yeah, I'm gonna I probably tend to agree with you as well. Let's go, Lamarcus Aldridge. The redemption year for Lamarcus Aldridge yes, continues. Sir. Yes, sir. He's, I was. Uh, I'm happy for Lamarcus. I'm glad that worked out. 
It was because yeah. it was like, man, people were grilling him. And kind of rightfully so. Like, nobody's really ever... If you can't mesh with Pop, that's pretty concerning. Yeah. So I guess now we're going to be watching all the quiet rumors. All right, I'm going to take Bradley Beal. He's he's having a career year. Mm-hmm. Get some more shooting on the squad. Um, And then I'm going to take... Man, I want to take Towns, but I have so many big men. Yeah, I'll take Old Depot, too. I like to see some Old Depot's been having. He deserves some... Uh, I want to put him back with Westbrook, see if they can figure it out. All right, so I'm up with my ninth and tenth pick. Uh, Clay Thompson and... Let's see, I probably should go Towns Man, on Clay's it. probably another steal. You got all the Warriors. You want to just run the Warriors out as your starting lineup? I'm, I might have to, honestly. Yeah, I'm going I'm going with Towns as my tenth. Got to get a few more big men in there. So the the ones we got left for anybody listening, there's Kevin Love, John Wall, Kyle Lowry, Al Horford, and then whoever would be replacing Boogie. On the all-star list, do we know who that is yet? I mean, if they go center, well, I guess it is. Is it got to be in the west or is it got to be in the east? I, I guess west. Because if they're going center, I mean, maybe Drummond gets in then. Uh, well, that's if they do the east, yeah. Right, but that's the thing is, I don't really know. It's a bizarre situation. Hmm. I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take Kevin Love, and I'm gonna take. I still take Wall. I'll keep him and uh, keep him and Bradley Beal together. Keep the kind of that chemistry thing going. All right. So well, then the last two I can pick is Lowry and Horford, and then you would get whoever the uh, whoever the wild wild number is there. All right. So here's the teams we just we just came up with. Ready, Team Kevin. LeBron James, Adetta Kupo, Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, Westbrook, Dame, Porzingis, Bradley Beal, Oladipo, John Wall, and Kevin Love. And then you'd also be getting the wild card, whoever replaces uh, Boogie. For my team, it's Steph Curry, Durant, Anthony Davis, James Harden, Draymond Green, DeMar DeRozan, Jimmy Butler, LaMarcus Aldridge, Clay Thompson, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, Kyle Lowry, and Al Horford. I'm kind of mad I let you get Clay that late, too. That was another <laughs> one I feel like I let slip a little too far. Well, we're going to, I'll, I'll take a picture of our, our list, or I'll make it nice and pretty looking, and then we'll put it up on social media for everybody to pick who they think uh, got better teams. But, uh, yeah, I'm really curious who this wild card is too. I don't. I mean, honestly, who do we think it's going to be? Because it it's like we've been talking about. I don't really know if it's in the west or if it's in the east or if it's yeah. a center or. I guess maybe. I mean, if I were to put money and someone had to say something, I'm going to guess Paul George because you know they can p- play Paul George as a forward and say Boogie was a forward and he's obviously in the Western Conference. Yeah. So I can see that. Um, if they're doing it purely by position, maybe Andre Drummond. Yeah, a lot of people saying they think it's going to be Paul George. That seems to be that seems to be the thing. So we'll we'll say Paul George ends up on your team for that. Then so that that was fun. We'll we'll put the list up on our Facebook page and and see what everybody thinks and and go from yeah, there with that. Like us a drive into NBA podcast. It's time for hot takes from Reddit. Ah, right. <laughs> hot take number one. One from LaKing underscore James, and he says Ricky Rubio could never shoot, but in the clutch he seems to turn into Steph Curry. Oh, I wonder what his uh, what his clutch stats end up being. Because I went back just off the rip and looked at um and looked at like just typed into YouTube. The first thing I did was just look up Ricky Rubio game winners, and there's a you know obviously Rubio's been in the league a couple of years now, but there's a surprisingly large amount. Of Ricky Rubio game winners and even another one just like last year he had hit a three-pointer with I think they were to put the Wolves up with maybe 1.1 left and that was the game when the Sixers threw the game-winning alley-oop to Covington so even that like that doesn't go down as a game winner but that's a super clutch shot yeah yeah 
I'm trying to see. I don't think he's on our. Uh, I'm not seeing him on the initial list of clutch shots. Of course, we always bring it up. the uh, The number one player for at least points in uh, or field goal percentage in clutch shots. It, it always gets kind of washed out because you always got to look at like how many attempts have happened and all that stuff. I mean, it's funny because right. uh, apparently Tyler Ennis has taken the most attempts in clutch time situations, and he's shooting forty percent. Actually, not too bad. Westbrook's number two. Uh, but I'm not, I mean, I'm not, Donovan Mitchell's on here, so it kind of shows that, like, that was the other thing. Why didn't they go to Donovan Mitchell in that situation? I mean, I guess go to the open player. Yeah, I mean, it was a good look, and he made, Ricky Rubio made it, so, you know, you can't yeah. really argue with that against the Raptors. It's a good win. Um, there's another one this year where he had 11 points in overtime in a game against the Blazers. It was this season with the Jazz as well, so he's yeah. probably a little recency bias as well. Well, then on top of it, it's like you know you look at him; he's only averaging eleven points per game and still only shooting twenty nine percent from three. I'm sorry, but if I'm the coach and I see Ricky Rubio taking a clutch three at the end of the game, I'm probably a little concerned. Like you have Joe Ingles. Oh yeah, no. If if Ricky Rubio takes a three pointer and beats me on it, I just I'll take that loss. Like that's who I want. It, depending on the matchup, I mean, obviously they're. Maybe there's a weird scenario where there's a lineup where Ricky Rubio is the best option. But if Ricky Rubio is making a game-winning three-pointer that's well-contested, what you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, right. Like you, You'll live and die by that. I'd also say he's shooting in this month 34% from three, which is... I guess good for him. I don't know. I just we were. I was talking with that with my roommate the other day, and I'm like, I don't know why Ricky Rubio is shooting that shot. You have Joe Ingles. You you got some other options. That it's just the look sometimes. Yeah, you know it was there. He, he yeah. got a good shot. And he took it. Can't yeah, argue. He, I mean, he, I'm not gonna. It's tough to argue when you make it. You know. Yeah. No, I agree. He made it, so you you can't be too upset by it. So yeah, it's like how many game winners have we seen over the years that are just straight up stupid pull-up jumpers but yeah you know well you have that and then you, then you have demar Derozan ripping his jersey off when he misses his so it's yeah yeah those nike jerseys not doing well with the ripping aspect no not at all hot take number two this one's posted by grizzlies garcia fan he says who are you taking to build around for next year and who are you taking to build around long-term? Anthony Davis or Giannis Adetokounmpo? Personally, I would take Anthony Davis for immediate future and wouldn't be able to decide for long-term as I believe Anthony Davis is better, but Giannis has a couple of extra years in him. What do you think? Wow. Wow. The battle of the uh, the original unicorns, it seems. I think I'm going with Giannis for both. Mm. Um Anthony Davis is definitely a little more polished and experienced, so I get the benefit in that. But I just think Giannis can Giannis can essentially play and guard all five positions, which is something that's just becoming so increasingly valuable in the NBA. Yep. I think he's a total destructive force on defense. I think he's a total destructive force in transition. Like there's just what what Giannis has done this year and, and what he could be potentially, I just think is so sky high. I mean, if he gets any any and we've been saying this for years but man if he gets any semblance of a consistent jump shot like he's probably the best player in the league and i love anthony davis like you know anybody who's listened to this podcast for a long time knows i'm like one of the biggest anthony davis fanboys of all time but Giannis just it's because you can play Giannis at more places you like anthony davis realistically you're gonna play at the five or the four you know i don't yeah. want the, where with Giannis, you can just put him everywhere and then on top of that, I mean, I, I don't know how much it, it matters now because Anthony Davis has been playing for a while, but the injuries come into concern in the end, right? Anthony Davis doesn't play as many games as Giannis does. 
Yeah, there's a little more of an injury risk as well, or injury history, I guess I should say. Um, you know, Davis has been pretty healthy this year, but yeah, with Giannis, you haven't had that. I'm interested to see how much production Anthony Davis goes up now that Boogie's out because they both were, you know, they both were averaging double doubles in points and assists. But like you'd think, <laughs> Anthony Davis is gonna like skyrocket now because Boogie's not there. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the numbers will go up, but it's also going to be tremendously more difficult for him, yeah. I think. You know, now you can double him. With yeah. Boogie, you ha- you know, down the paint, what are you going to do? You have to kind of pick your poison. So it's tough. I The whole situation is just still the worst. I know we've talked about that, yeah. but man, man, not ideal. And it kind of goes along with our topic there with, with Anthony Davis and, and Giannis is this Jason Kidd firing thing. You know, it looks sketchy now because even when the Bucks do the right thing, it feels wrong at the way that they approached it, right? Yeah, it was really weird how they handled this because apparently Jason Kidd didn't know when the media reports had got out and were coming from credible people. There were reports leaked that Giannis was trying to save Jason Kidd's job and it called him. And, you know, Giannis and Jason Kidd have a great relationship. And they've always, you know, he, he's always given Kidd credit. You know, says he empowered him to get the ball in his hands, become the player he is. You know, I've also been calling for this firing for a bit. I think this was definitely the right decision. So, it, but it's tough. The, I think the way it was handled, because at the end of the day, like if you're Milwaukee, Giannis is everything to you. He is the crown jewel of everything that you are going to potentially accomplish as a franchise over the next decade plus potentially. Mm-hmm. So you obviously want to make him as happy as possible. I'm not saying that means keep Jason Kidd, but handle it with a little more eloquence. Yeah, um, it, it just seemed like it wasn't handled well here. Yeah, it's it's sketchy. It's like management told all the players before even telling Kid, and apparently they told Jason Kidd's agent before telling him. And the way Jason Kidd found out, like you said, was Giannis calling him and being like, "Coach, they're about to do you so wrong. Let me let me save your job for you," which uh, is is concerning in the fact that you know Giannis wanted him to stay, but I think in the end, it it is what had to happen. His his offense wasn't the most creative um but it it brings up a bigger concern of is management as a whole no matter what coach you have in there going to hold the bucks back now because that's kind of what it feels like is going to start happening it it gives off weird kingsy vibes now see i don't necessarily agree with that um it's new management from the management that was there when they initially kind of built the core of this Bucks team. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bucks have a couple of major decisions to make. Like, for one is Jabari Parker, who apparently had just no relationship at all with Jason Kidd. You haven't really seen Giannis and Jabari Parker play. Jabari Parker's been great when healthy, but he clearly has those long-term knee injuries now um, that you have to worry about. Um, the Bucks have you know, said that they're rolling with Joe Prunty as their interim coach for the rest of the season. So there will be a little consistency there. Um, it's tough because I don't really think at the end of the day, this Bucks team was underachieving. I think the Bucks, you know, kid gets a lot of the credit with helping some of these young guys develop and getting them to the playoffs initially early. But this is a team that is really, you know, especially when you go out and get Eric Bledsoe, you're talking about making this next steps to maybe potentially win some playoff series, you know, really get these guys that playoff experience. Um, so it's, I don't, the Bucks need to get the guy who they're going with going forward. You don't want to turn this into a dysfunctional cycle where you're constantly letting coaches go. You know, that's the quickest way to drive Giannis out the door. So yeah. I think they got to evaluate, you know, they got to evaluate Joe for the rest of the season. And, 
you know, will make the decision in the offseason. The good thing for them is that Milwaukee is an extremely attractive job. I yeah. mean, they're going to be get their pick of top coaching talent out there. Everyone is going to want to run and coach this team. So I think that, you know, that's the one thing that Milwaukee definitely yeah. has going for them. I'd also say, you know, a highlight too, and maybe they don't go with him, but at least for the rest of this season with uh, Joe, he's one of Greg Popovich's weird spawns that have come out of his coaching. So that's another side of things to watch is, you know, how he actually ends up coming out as a coach because we've seen this in the past where Greg Popovich has these assistants and play or, or people under him that go on to coach and just are phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. We talked about Brett Brown. We talked about Budenholzer. We've talked about, I mean, so many different guys, Doc mm-hmm. Rivers. So, I mean, what else is there to say about that? But like I said, they'll have options. You can never, ever argue with options in today's NBA. I'd also say the the good thing with with uh, uh, Prunty is that they were saying is is he does have a relationship with Jabari Parker and kind of has been working with him through the injuries. So Jabari Parker has a lot of trust in him, which which could be good and and could mean maybe Parker is coming back sooner rather than later. I know uh I know people are talking about Giannis's first game since Kid left. He had 41 points, 13 rebounds and 7 assists, went 3 per th- Three for three from uh, three-point land. So, you know, I mean, teams always seem to play really well right out of the gate when their coach is fired, and then it kind of comes back down to earth. So I'm interested to see what happened. I do think there might be a little bit of a culture problem between this, between Adetokounmpo not being happy with them letting him go. Reports came out, I, I... I guess it would have been Saturday morning about Sterling Brown, their rookie, or their rookie who was tased by the cops in Milwaukee in a parking lot. It's it. I don't know. I'm interested to see how they handle that situation as well because if it slowly starts getting out of hand, I know, you know, Sterling Brown is their rookie, so you expect these little mistakes here and there. But how do they reprimand him? How do they go forward from here without a coach that has been there for a while? So how do they handle that situation going forward as well? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, th- I think some identity would help. I mean, it's just about getting the guys who are underachieving going. But at the end of the day, with Milwaukee, you've got Giannis. Jabari Parker which is just really the wild card in the yeah. salt, man. They would be, you know, if you can get those two going, the situation improves rapidly. You know, Eric Bledsoe has been Eric Bledsoe, I still think, is getting adjusted, so you hope, too, he can settle in a little bit more. Um, I mean, there's definitely been disappointments. Um, Chris Middleton has been good, but maybe not as great as they hoped. Um, you know, I still think they have – Thon Maker is ex- still extremely raw, but I think there were a bit more higher expectations for them this year. And then, you know, they got to make sure Brogdon is playing more minutes than Delhi. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Driving Dish NBA podcast. Something super huge, a benchmark for us. We passed 1.4K on Twitter, <laughs> if anybody cares. But if you want to be you know, the next little flow of people following us on Twitter, please do uh, just give us a follow at Driving Dish NBA. You can find us Twitter, like I said, or other social media places like Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> I think we've done enough dancing for today. So why don't we dance Wednesday? See you star side. Okay, well, I'm out of here. Pigeon the hole. Da 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 Hey! Da 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 Hey! Let's go while we're young. All right, all right. I think they get the point. <laughs> <laughs>
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in, these deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.